This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we kick off another week of fun and excitement, it's Ian here with you. Dan Gard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As always, lots to talk about. We will start with an update from the guest that we had, or in regards to the guest that we had on over the weekend. Uh, if you missed the program, you can grab it off of our website at freetalklive.com. We had Gene Ray on the show. Now, Gardner Goldsmith, are you familiar with Gene Ray? No, I am not. You should go to timecube.com and right. familiarize yourself. Get my little McPewter going here. Gene Ray is a uh, crazy old man. Uh, very nice, crazy old man, but crazy nonetheless. And we had him on the show just for fun. There ah, was no. There I was... get some emails about that. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so there was no real particular reason to have him on. It wasn't uh, enlightening, it, uh, but it was interesting and entertaining. Uh, so that's what we did. We had Gene Ray on the show for an hour. Anyway, he he wakes, he creates this website called TimeCube.com. It's just a Probably, maybe it might uh, win the award for longest rambling website of all time, but... It's also, like, really, really crazy. Yeah, he's nuts. <laughs> and so we had him on the show, and I, I mentioned something, and you can see at the top, uh, or near the top of Gene's website, he references a second website called cubicao.tk. Mm-hmm. Now, Gene uh, has... I guess had a bit of a falling out or a spat with the creator of this alternative website, this other TimeCube website, a, a website inspired by Gene Ray's own work. And I had mentioned over the weekend that when I found uh, this cubicao.tk site through Gene's site originally, and I was doing some just, you know, investigating and seeing what it was all about, I couldn't tell for sure whether or not the other site was a scam or not, whether or not the other site was made as a joke, or whether or not the creator of the alternate website was indeed as nutty as Gene Ray himself. In fact, I believe now, and was pretty convinced of it, that the other guy, the guy who created the other website, is actually crazier than Gene Ray. And he's not mocking him. Because I can see this, uh, I'm on the website right now, and I can't even understand how anybody would follow this to create his own thing unless he was right. crazy or, or mocking. Right, and there there was evidence that I uh, I briefly went over that I think it pretty conclusively shows that this other guy was is really nuts and not a genius. Uh, some of the that evidence includes the fact that he spend has spent you know hours and hours of his free time posting on his own message board with over five thousand posts defending the time cube, uh-huh. talking about the time cube in, in ways that, as you said, Gardner, are completely incoherent and, and incomprehensible uh, to the point where any sane human being would not spend that much of their free time doing it. Would have to be your your job, if not your complete and all-encompassing hobby yeah. uh, to spend that much time. And, of course, the cubicao.tk website is totally nutso in its, in its own right. Uh, also, you can watch video footage of this kid. He's probably about 20 years old, 20, maybe 22 years old. Uh, this Australian kid, the guy behind the site, you can watch video footage of him just ranting at the, uh, the camera. Apparently, uh, th- th- I do more- love that. Right. Apparently, more recently, he'd uh, taken to white supremacy. So, I mean, even oh, more, that's always right, even more nutty there. 
Uh, is it, it, you know, are you more supreme if you're more white? Like, I'm really pale. Does that make me better than the sort of white people who tan? Because I could be like a really, I could be like a god in that case. I'm a pale sort of guy. I, I don't know? know anything about white supremacy, so I couldn't answer your question. Well, know. you know, we're just, just applying a little reason to white supremacy, you know, to white supremacy, the, the concepts. There right? you the, go. The purer, the better, presumably, right? Mm. Uh, so this other guy, and he goes by the name Cubehead on his own message board. Cubehead. This other guy killed himself. Hmm. He threw himself in front of a train. That'll kill you. A few wow. days ago. Literally two days or a day before we did the interview with Gene Ray. So hmm. Gene was Perhaps not a... the interview just sent him over the edge. Well, no, no. It was a day before. But, he, but you announced it on the, uh, the updates list. That would presume he'd, ha- he'd be subscribed to our updates Is list. Is it everyone? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, hmm. But nonetheless, uh, I so went... this is sort of like El Duce from The Mentor. Stood in front of a train and decided to just let it go. Well, I went to his website again, and I went to the message forum again, and according to his his most recent posts, the, the last three or four posts that he posted on his forum before he killed himself, uh, he had rejected at that point the Gene Ray cubic theory and accepted Christianity. And it was after that when he killed himself. Just as, an, as a bizarre aside, after years of defending the time cube on the internet, he rejects it, then throws himself in front of a train. Perhaps he wanted to get to heaven very quickly. He couldn't wait. Well, maybe uh, so. According no, to ca- the Catholics, believe that if you commit suicide, that you won't go to heaven. This is just kind of an interesting and insight. Some people believe that suicide uh, that suicides actually end up being uh, civil servants in uh, the afterlife. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well. Here's a little bit of interesting insight into who this Cubehead character was, posted on his forum by apparently an old high school friend named Brad. He says, I spoke to someone uh, through Facebook the other day regarding Richard. That's the kid's real name. My name is Brad, uh, Brad Green, and I went to high school with him until 2001. And Just to give you an idea of how young he is, graduating high school in 2001. And also went to a different school with him. For all those non-believers and people questioning this Hans character, take note. Richard took his own life Tuesday afternoon in front of the 503 train at Glen Ferry Station. I confirmed this with his mother yesterday. Last night, about ten of us had drinks in his memory at the Sandergam Hotel and then in the city. We dedicated a few karaoke songs in his honor and pretty much had the bender to end all benders. To those who knew him in high school, he really disappeared off the radar for a few years until November last year when we ran into him drinking by himself at that pub, and we organized a big drinking session with his couple a weeks uh, with him a couple weeks back, tried to get him to lose his virginity at the brothels. Didn't happen, though, uh, as he started attacking an ATM inside the place. Everyone's reaction here was effed, but not overly surprised. In recent times, he'd been slipping into depression, pro-Nazi white supremacy propaganda, and losing focus on goals in life. There was so much more into his little life, which was, uh, which has more disturbing elements than Time Cube, but now isn't really the best time to go into them. So, just uh, to give you an example of who this kid was... Uh, no one's really sure why he ended up killing himself. He didn't apparently leave a note, no f- farewell posting on his message for him. But I just thought it was kind of an interesting follow-up that, you know, we brought this guy up on Saturday night, and then Weird. one of my listeners, uh, a new listener to the show, actually, who listened to the show for the first time Saturday night, went and poked around and found this information and sent it to me. So uh, just We do have to, some amazing listeners. Just wanted to throw it out there. So mm. Gene Ray, not as crazy as his follower. Uh, Gene Ray, completely functional in reality. Gene Ray mm. can, you know, he's got family. His granddaughter, uh, you know, pays him visits, and he's completely able to interact on a regular basis with well, them. Well, I've wondered whether...
whether Gene Ray is just it's just shtick, you know. You think he's just putting everybody on? I'm, I just I just wonder a little bit, you know. How can you call yourself the world's wisest human? Well, I don't know, man. I mean, he Without, answers those like, questions. A certain amount of tongue in cheek. You know, one of the uh, one of the people who is recognized by many philosophers as being one of the world's wisest people, Socrates. I don't necessarily agree with that. He was a socialist, but uh, actually he was a fascist as but well. But he hadn't seen it fail at yeah, that point. Yeah, either. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you can kind of pretty much figure it out. And uh, he did a lot of thinking and couldn't figure it out. But uh, even one of the wisest guys around was smart enough not to say that he was so stupid. You know, when the, when they came up to him and said, hey, Socrates, you think you know it all? He goes, well, you know, at least I'm smart enough to know I don't know it all. How about you guys? And so they said, okay, here's a glass of hemlock. You yeah. know? <laughs> So, uh, you know, if you're that smart, then you're smart enough to know not to tell people that you're the smartest. Right. You know? I see where you're coming from, Mark, but, I mean, if you if you listen to the archive and you listen to Gene Ray's answers to the questions that were posed to him, you have to – I don't see how you could think he isn't crazy. But nonetheless, just wanted to give you Perhaps an update. Perhaps not as crazy as he claims. Maybe. Just wanted to give you an update on the situation because I thought it was interesting. And also, I forgot to uh, give credit where credit was due on Saturday night and uh, Lionel – Definitely deserves credit for unearthing Gene Ray uh, into the world of radio. I was uh, absolutely, the, the entire Gene Ray segment was inspired by another radio show host, Lionel from The Lionel Show. Very talented uh, broadcaster. Yep. Uh, found out today that Lionel's apparently only on 17 affiliates now since he's he's made the shift to his new syndicate. And they're probably bigger stations than we're on. No, actually it's, uh, well, there's one in New York City, but besides that it's, uh, you know, the little Air America. makes all the difference. It's <laughs> the Air America stations, which are usually kind of third-rate uh, AM stations. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airways. Not a slight against Lionel or, or his show. He's a great talent. Anyway, I just wanted to give credit where credit was due. 800-259-9231. Regulation! The food and toy business might be getting more of it soon. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, again, it's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. To take a look, see, and get uh, find out what that's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live, as well as learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Learn more at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Actually, as I understand it, uh, the registration phase is now open uh, for Porkfest. So you better get over there. In fact, from what I also understand, the Porkfest is happening the same week as the Bike Fest in New Hampshire. And it's also in the relatively similar area to Bike Fest. Right, it's close. So early registration is probably critical at this point as far as getting space for camping or in a hotel room if that's what you're looking for as hotel uh you better do it asap porkfest.com for the details 800-259-9231 more about regulation in moments first we go to paula in florida to the phones and to the fun hello paula yeah, hi, hon. There was something that you were saying earlier today, and you were exactly right. Everybody's going to have to stick together on this, and I mean s- stick tight, 
but you know, you're talking about him switching to the libertarian. I don't know, know what you're talking about, Paula. No idea. She must be talking well, about anyway, Ron Paul. The thing is that um, uh, everybody has got to stick together on this and know that we can do this. I mean, we can get him into office. Ron Paul. Yeah. And uh, I don't, How's that but I don't be? think he's going to run for libertarian. I mean, not that he's lost the he hasn't has not yet lost the uh, Republican nomination, but it, it, things are looking a bit bleak. Yeah, but the thing is, though, they know what he stands for. Who's they? That's the most important thing. Who, who's I mean, they when you say they know? Who? Yeah, the people know. Who's the know, people? The, huh? Who is the people? There are a lot of people, the people in America. people of the country that have heard him, okay, have been okay. with him. I mean, okay. they know what he stands for. Right. That's the most important thing. But the thing is, you know, when you're talking about, you know, him switching, or they're switching, talking about him switching to the Libertarian Party, I've already switched over to it. But anyway, the thing is, is that... Um, I think because of, you know, what he believes in and, and the way he is, I don't know if, if, if the Republican Party thing would really have anything to do with it or not. But, I mean, it, it does sound good, you know, maybe if he would switch over. But I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, you're you not going to see it happen. I mean, Ron Paul himself has already ruled it out. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Earlier in the campaign, he was kind of beating around ruling it out, but now he's pretty 100%, I think he 100% has ruled out a third-party run. So if he doesn't get the Republican nomination, then he's out of the race at that point. So, you know, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed, Paula, and... Uh, we can always sign him in, too. Yeah, you, sure. can, always, you can always yeah. write in. You, you can do that, but that's probably not going to do a darn thing. Thanks for the well, call tonight. I talked about getting some more um, uh, uh, recounts done. I don't Florida really see on. the point. It I, I seems like throwing I, money down a rat hole. You know, even in the caucuses where uh, people raise their hands and that kind of thing, he did he did better in the caucuses than he than he did in uh, primaries. But it looks like America might not be uh, pining for Ron Paul right now. I wish they were. Um, he would he would save this nation. I, I believe That's that. Right. No, he wouldn't, Mark. Thank you for the call, yes, Paula. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to suggest that uh, Ron Paul. Could save the nation, I think, is kind of absurd. He's one man in uh, Washington, D.C., which is full of all kinds of corruption. It's uh, the halls of power. Uh, these people are sick. Not Ron Paul, but the other guys are, are pretty sick. Uh, and so, you know, he might be able to stop a few bad bills. If he might be able to hold the line a bit and maybe release some nonviolent drug offenders from prison and do a few other things, bring the troops home, he could do a lot, I think, that would be better than any of the other candidates. But to say Ron Paul's going to save the country... No, I don't think so. Well, that's just more of your absolutist crap, okay? Um, now, if I have cancer and I'm going to die in a year, and I get a treatment that gives me another decade of life, have I been saved? Okay. Oh, I, it's No, no, it was a question. You see, that's why I raised my voice at the end. Maybe. Oh, maybe I've been saved? I mean, it, it's For another either... nine years. So there you go. That's what I'm talking about. He would give this nation some, um, you know, it would it would make it last longer because the nation, as far as I'm concerned, is likely not going to make it. Um, you know, right. as far as the, exactly. Ron Paul cannot save the uh, ultimate downfall. If you know, even right. if and, and according to your definition, the the nation would have to go on forever and ever and ever in order to be saved. And I don't want to see that you, happen. I know you don't. I want to see it. Break apart. I'd like all to see I'm all the 50 states you, secede. Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to see the nation return to, say, a constitutional form of government? Seems like a pie in the sky, but sure. Okay, there you go. 1-800-259-9231. I like hearing the debate because, you know, you, you got to say, one guy isn't going to change everything, obviously. It would be great 
from a visceral emotional standpoint to see some of these principles espoused and to see some of these politicians whacked where they should be whacked. And uh, that would be very satisfying. And maybe Ron Paul could uh, help the republic last for a little while longer. But, you know, one guy would take one guy leading a movement like uh, our movement. And uh, I think the American republic is already dead. So, yeah. Um, it's you know, it's just that when you, people say things like he's the savior, I think that uh, it does a lot to put people's faith in the idea that the system can repair itself, mm-hmm. that the system is uh, somehow you know able to be saved, and that uh, you know if you just put the right people in charge, then everything will be a okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's just false. Uh, Ron Paul's got good intentions. I'm not saying he'd be a bad, you know, a bad president. He'd probably be the best president that you know history's ever had uh, in this country. But to uh, to put all that weight on on one man as though he's the uh, you know the Jesus Christ of politics. How about heir apparent? Heir hmm? <laughs> apparent. What's that mean? Well, he would be the one, uh, the, the heir, uh, the person who would uh, you know get the mantle of liberty and freedom, sort of uh, the you know taking the cause on, and he's the apparent one. He's the most visible liberty activist, if that's what you're referring to. There you go. Yeah. Sure. Hmm. So let's just not put him in the uh, role of Messiah. Okay? I don't think. I, I really don't think I said Messiah, no, or Christ, you didn't, or any of those words. Calling him the Savior, pretty darn close. Save. I said he could save. Hmm. Okay. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Such a jerk. We continue here with J C in Utah. You're on Free Talk JC. Live. J C. Libertations, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? <laughs> I just want to let you know that uh, there's no need to worry. Um, I called the guy, the neocon that's running against uh, Ron Paul in Texas, and I told him if he doesn't stop his race against Ron Paul, <laughs> All that, right. that Paul is going to call him. <laughs> and he backed right down. Yeah, that, well, <laughs> they do know Paula. Indeed, I'm sure. I, my question the reason I wanted to call was... Uh, you had a, um, Mark and Ian, you had a little dispute uh, either last show or the show before that about uh, whether or not the government uh, is directly to blame for the housing crisis. And uh, uh, Ian said it was the government. Mark said no. And I have to, I hate to admit it, but uh, Ian was right on that one. Now, I said it wasn't entirely the fault of the government. Oh, okay. Okay. But now go ahead. Um, Ex- explain to us to why share. it's the government's fault. Well, according to, to Austrian economics, the uh, the business cycle is a myth. Um, it's caused. It's not an inherent part of capitalism, and it's caused by malinvestment and misinvestment. Hang on, I'm going to bring you back for more of this. 800-259-9231. It's certainly possible for someone to make a, a poor investment with the out. You know, even though government's not around, uh, but it's not as pronounced without government. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time, with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power. Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with Angard and Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free, so enjoy those on us. They include, by the way, the bulletin board system. 
over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. March 12th through the 15th is the 56th running of the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Presented by Fresh from Florida, the world's fastest sports cars will battle for 12 hours on the famous Sebring Road Course. For tickets and information, call 1-800-626-RACE or visit SebringRaceway.com March 12th through the 15th. Don't miss it. If you are a racing fan or just a fan of a huge party, uh, that's the place to be. It is awesome. I uh, went a couple of years ago and, and, and have had no experience like the 12 hours of Sebring. I, um, the, the race is amazing. The car, there's, there's several different races going on at once, and, and they turn both directions. Wow. I, it's Le Mans. Bring your earplugs, too. Yeah, 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 it's pretty yeah, loud. Yeah. I can tell you that uh, and your camping equipment. an yeah. alternative way to get tickets is going to be to continue to listen to Free Talk Live uh, throughout the week. Uh, be sure you're also uh, paying attention to emails that we send out as well. Uh, we may be giving you an opportunity to win up to four tickets for yourself and some friends uh, to go down to the 12 Hours of Sebring. We don't do a lot of giveaways on this show, but this is a, I mean, this is a pretty decent prize, Mark. This is like a... An awesome race, right? I've never been, and it, it, I it really uh, the, the tickets are hundred bucks a piece. It's incredible. Wow. These are four days super tickets, and uh, they're it's it's really amazing uh, to go to this thing. I I, I, I got nothing but good cool. things to say four about four day access. All right, so uh, more details on that on the way here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and we might give them away as soon as tonight. Uh, so listen carefully. First, we go to your phone calls. You bring up anything. It's JC in Utah back on Free Talk Live. You wanted to tell us, JC, uh, about the business cycle and how it's really the government's fault that we've got this mess of a uh, situation when it comes to the mortgages in this, co- this country, right? Indeed. Um, let me see if I can break it down for you, and Gardner can uh, critique me if I'm off here a little bit. Uh, JC, but, uh, you're rocking so far, man. <laughs> thanks. Um, the, the price mechanism is the only way that a free market actors in the free market can communicate with each other. And when the Fed goes and creates fiat currency, uh, currency not connected to gold, it is able to create or charge a, a lower interest rate than normal. And when you create uh, cheap credit through a very low interest rate, it increases the demand for credit. And this is a market distortion that, that leads to more than usual borrowing this creates the bubble. Now, if you had gold, you would have to charge a minimum um, interest rate that would not only make the banks money, but it would also make the people who are saving their gold in the bank. So um, you wouldn't have such a market distortion. You wouldn't have such low interest rates. Now, when, when you've got fiat currency and, and an extra low interest rate and more people borrowing, then you know this bubble is eventually going to have to recorrect itself. And you, you've never seen um, huge fluctuations in, in the market like this in, in, until the advent of, of fiat currency. Now, uh, yeah. you know, I, not to nitpick here, but are you really uh, blaming the, uh, the the housing bubble, the housing crisis that we are experiencing right now in the, in the country on? fiat currency and and therefore absolving the banks of all their blame. I mean, they did get in bed with the government. I mean, it's not like the government was the only one to come up with this idea and the only one to choose to use it. All of us Americans are using this fiat currency every time you go to the store and you use a Federal Reserve note rather than gold or silver in order to pay for your stuff. I mean, you're propagating the system, too. I think that we can all take a certain amount of that blame. 
that that's true. But um, you know, if um, there was no fiat currency. Um, you know, which is a product of of a, of a powerful government, oh, yeah. then you would not have this distortion, and it doesn't have to be the housing market. You know, one decade it's the housing market, the other decade it's the the dot com bubble, another decade it's land. Back in the 1800s, there was land speculation. You know, um, but it's the overall business cycle, really. Um, that and the housing market is just part of part of that. Well, JC, you you hit it so well, and I, I like the fact that you expressed very early on that without uh, free markets, the price mechanism can't properly function. In other words, uh, people need those signals of the supply and demand signals, those, those curves coming in, so that they can uh, logically uh, predict in some way how much they're going to allocate in certain areas. And when you get uh, artificially low interest rates, I was talking about it earlier on, uh, on my show today, you get these artificially low interest rates, and what ends up happening is uh, the banks will lend out to riskier uh, investments, uh, it's easier for them to do that. Uh, people will go and start up businesses because they think, well, you know, credit's low, let's take a chance. Those chances are chances that normally would not be taken. And then what ends up happening exactly. is, yeah, and then it, once... So they're miscalculating. They're miscalculating, and, and the Austrian economists call it a temporal warping of the supply curve. Over time, they build up stocks and warehouses, they hire new people that they would not necessarily have hired based on their productivity curve. And they end up later when the rates are adjusted upwards because people recognize that their dollar is becoming worthless. Then they're stuck with all this excess inventory, excess employees, and then the Time whole thing starts sale. to unwind. Exactly, exactly right. And it's because the price mechanism was uh, uh, disabled by yes. government interference. Yes, precisely, precisely right. Very yep. good, JC. Any other comments tonight? Um, no, just um, help Guard get his podcast up on iTunes so everyone can enjoy it. Oh, uh, we were talking. I was talking about that off the air, JC, and uh, I, Ian yep. is the man. He's the guy, so I'll try to get some advice from him. Thanks. I'll see man. what I can do, man. Thanks for the call Indeed. tonight. Have a good one, gentlemen. Alrighty, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue with Ziggy in the UK on the amp line. Ziggy, hi, hi guys. Hey. What's on your mind? Right, I want to talk about um, libertarianism and that dirty word compromise. Okay, sure. Um, Basically, I was born disabled, and therefore, all through my life, I've had to be pragmatic about what I'm capable of doing. So I have had to settle for second best on various things. You know, because I can't use my left hand, I'm never going to be Jimi Hendrix. So your left hand is uh, completely non-functional, or what is your uh, disability? Well, I have cerebral palsy down my left side, mm. oh, dear. which means, means um, um, my, my, I can't use my left arm or my left hand or my left leg properly. Got it. Mm. Um, anyways, so I have been far more pragmatic about life. And when it comes to politics, I'm also pretty pragmatic. Um, uh, the other day I, I met a libertarian over here who had opposed the government when they decided to liberalize the drinking laws in this country mm -hmm. because it was a directive from government. Now, I have a mantra, some freedom is better than none. Yeah. yeah. For instance, if the government decided to legalize marijuana but decided to regulate it, I wouldn't have a problem. It's just the fact that it's legalized, which is the issue for me. So if you had a choice between allowing a little more freedom uh, and no freedom at all, you'd allow for a little more freedom? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. whether it comes from the government or whether it comes from the free market. Right. That, that makes sense. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm a free marketeer through and through. I want the ultimate goal to be the complete abolishment of coercive government. Uh, but darn, if you're going to lower the uh, the penalties for marijuana, like they're considering doing yeah. here in New Hampshire, from $2,000 in arrest to $200 in no arrest, how could I oppose something like that? It, it increases people's freedom. Um, but um, 
I mean, you said the other day that um, you went to the state uh, the state house. When was it? November. I don't know. Uh, um, oh, for testimony. Yeah, to give that testimony. Was a month ago or something like that, January. Yeah. Um, and but you had gone last year when there had been, uh, you, know, uh, you know, they were going to vote on an absolute decriminalisation, mm-hmm. and there were more people there. And it made me think. Sometimes libertarians really do get hung up on dogma, and they they won't settle for a compromise. However, people in society do want a compromise. I actually, I actually cringe when I hear people talk about living in a libertarian society. Sure, you could live in a libertarian community um, if powers were devolved to each community, but I can never see a libertarian society because not everybody's a libertarian. I don't see how you uh, can't see a libertarian society. I mean, all that means is just removing the initiation of force from our lives. I mean, certainly there are going to be people that will initiate force, but they can be dealt with uh, with defensive force. So I can absolutely see a libertarian society, though it will require quite a paradigm shift and an awakening of the population. It's no easy task that we have in front of us, Ziggy, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't take it on. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free, so enjoy those on us. And that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So just start your shopping there. There are 41 categories for you to shop in. Huge selection from uh, from electronics all the way through grocery. They've cut it all. And we'll get a cut if you shop at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. I got a, as I said uh, last week, I got a cell phone case for $2.50. $2.57 plus shipping. And uh, it's very nice. I am impressed with the quality of this case. It's a fine, fine little case. You would you would pay you thirty dollars. Bargain hunter that you are. You'd pay thirty bucks for that case in the uh, the cell phone store. No doubt about it. Uh, yep, easily. So, great deals, great free super saver shipping uh, on a whole bunch of items. Go to Amazon.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls. It's Jackson in San Diego. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey Jackson. Hey, what's up, guys? What's on your mind? You guys are fucking. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue with uh, the story from the AP. The U.S. Department of Agriculture on Sunday ordered the recall of 143 million pounds of frozen beef from a California slaughterhouse, the subject of an animal abuse investigation that provided meat to school lunch programs. And, of course, this is the big story, right? This is the, the news of the day. Yeah, this is the thing Everybody's that's supposed to get you, freaking out. get you so upset. Oh, man, these people. It's terrible. Well, officials said it was the largest beef recall in the United States, surpassing a 1999 ban of 35 million pounds of ready-to-eat meats. No illnesses have been linked to the newly recalled meat, and officials said the health threat was likely small. So what are they doing this for? What is the reason for this? Well, according to the details, the agency will recall beef products dating to February 1st, 2006? Yeah. That's what, what got me. Is, what what beef product is out there that's uh, from 2006? 2006. <laughs> the, you know, our government overseers and protectors do such a great job that it's two years later, and they're finally announcing, ah, we've discovered this terrible problem with the meat. 
two years But But it wasn't later. a terrible problem with the meat. What it was, according to Secretary of Agriculture Ed Schaefer, said his department has evidence that Westland, that's the company, Westland Hallmark Meat Company, did not routinely contact its veterinarian when cattle became non-ambulatory after passing inspection which violated health regulations. So in other words, the inspections aren't doing anything. Right. Somehow a cow is so ill that it can't walk. Mm. So we still have to depend on individual initiative. In this case, the initiative to have to respond to the coercion that they contact the health regulators. In this case, uh, I guess that I'm not sure how they came. Uh, some sort of video, I guess, had been uncovered of uh, the companies showing crippled and sick animals that were being shoveled with forklifts. Yeah, that's what this is about. This is about a video that uh, caught fire on the internet. There you go. And uh, you know, well, we, we're on top of this. This this video is from two years ago, and and we're going to recall that meat that everybody's already eaten. <laughs> you know, and there's there's a there's a big action scene in the video where uh, a cow gets rammed with a forklift. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean it's certainly not nice. It's it, it it's not what I would want to think that they're doing with my uh, my beef, and certainly it can uh, contaminate beef with uh, E. coli, and and that's not good. But have there been any complaints? No, no, no. Nobody who ingested food from this place has run into any problems at all. Nobody at all. But uh, they're recalling 145 million pounds of beef, which means that this company is probably going to go out of business. Oh, because yeah. these recalls, whether they be in the world of yeah, food, it's, it's punishment for this company right. for um, you know having some employee who did something terrible or having practices um, that that are pretty gross, but no no chance to recover. Right. There's nothing voluntary about this recall. Uh, many times when companies, whether they be toy manufacturers and Gardner, you've got a story about toys. We'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, but whether they be toy manufacturers, automotive manufacturers, whenever there's a federally forced recall, it usually does significant damage to that company's bottom line and uh, many times puts the company completely out of business. Uh, which, of course, results in people losing their jobs right. uh, and just destroying that particular uh, business. And, and, and uh, it's a terrible tragedy. And, you know, we were, we were just talking about this uh, during the break, and, and one of the things that strikes me is not only is the FDA slow to respond to this, and apparently the only reason they are responding is because it caused a firestorm. This video caused a firestorm on the Internet, not because anybody actually was physically harmed or in mm-hmm. any way uh, wanted to bring suit against these guys for and malpractice. And even if they were physically harmed, we don't need the FDA to, exactly. to save us anyway because that person can go to court and you say, look, this company did such and such, and then a jury and a judge can decide what to uh, how to punish the company. Yeah. I'm not saying they wouldn't have done something similar. Um, well, I mean, a, a judge can't really order a recall, I don't believe. But you know, the company should decide whether or not... But there could be damages that could be doled yeah. out in, a, in some sort of a civil trial. And, and the thing that gets me about this is, not not only do you only hear about this when the FDA is way behind the fact, but you don't hear about the, the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have died because the Food and Drug Administration does not allow certain things on the market when they could go on the market and people could be uh, freely choosing to take them or not take them. Medication, also, specifically. Yeah, medication. And and we were talking about this story that I wrote about uh, in, in, was it May or March of 2007? I gotta, I gotta have to just look it up here. Uh, about this place in uh, Kansas, I think. Hold on. Uh, yeah, Kansas-based meat packing company called Creekstone Farms Beef. And they had to fight the USDA because the USDA was trying to stop them, stop them. They were using government money to stop them from testing all of their beef 
for bovine, um, uh, what is it? Uh, mad uh, cow. Yeah, mad cow disease and Kreutzfeld uh, Yakov yeah, disease. Kreutzfeld Yakov's disease. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so this company wanted to inspect all of their beef for this, but the FDA said no because that surpasses the amount that we inspect. They right, that inspect would be, 1%. Right, that would be uh, uncompetitive, Gardner, yeah. if, they were, if they were going above and beyond the call That's of duty. That's exactly the uh, argument. And all of the other companies were only doing what the FDA mandated, then that might sell them a few more extra pa- beef patties. And we That's can't right. have that now, can we? That's right. And, you know, I looked up some information about the USDA, and originally it, it, only, gathered, uh, it only gathered agriculture statistics, and it was brought up into a cabinet position in 1889. And then from that point on, FDR turned into this giant leviathan, and it's just grown ever since then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. I wrote down here, between 1996 and 2004, U.S. agriculture subsidies averaged approximately $16 billion a year, not including low-interest loans or even the USDA-managed tariffs on foreign produce that could normally sell for less and allow consumers to keep more of their money. So we've got this giant machine that costs us all sorts of money, and it gets in the way of people inspecting things while they take it on their backs to inspect stuff and and tell us that they're saving us. Right. The the government's just just a big joke, uh, essentially. And just to to give you a little bit more detail about how the marketplace has responded, because that's really what we want to see happen. If if a company's doing something that's not desirable, something that's outrageous, you know, mistreating their animals and unnecessarily harming their, their livestock, is this company, some of the employees of this company were, were clearly doing, uh, as the video evidence apparently showed. I have not seen it for myself, but taking it at them at its word here. Uh, according to this, uh, 150 school districts around the country have stopped using the ground beef from Hallmark Packing Company, uh, which is a subsidiary of Westland. Jack in the Box, a San Diego-based company with restaurants in 18 states, told its meat suppliers to not use Hallmark until further notice. Uh, so, And there's some other ones. Uh, in and out another chain uh, out west, has also halted the use of Westland Hallmark beef. So if, if news comes out in the marketplace about a company that's doing something naughty, then they can get punished by the marketplace. Place. And sometimes that alone will be enough to severely damage their bottom line or put them out of business. Right, or, or, or just simply teach them that they need to have better methods. That, you know, the person who's in charge of, I don't, I don't know what the problem is in this company. I don't know if they have bad practices in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if there's a you couple know, there's, of bad apples. There's, yeah, a couple of bad apples out there, some sick sadists who, um, you know, like the idea of uh, just torturing, cows. A, yeah, yeah. torturing animals. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but the company can and should do something about it. And, you know, this is interesting because what's happening in the private sphere here in the marketplace, the exclusion of participation with these guys in the private marketplace could also apply in all sorts of areas if we're talking about private libertarian societies or libertarian communities, depending on what the population mass would be. Uh, because that exclusion that you're seeing here would also occur if somebody were intentionally trying to harm someone. You would see this exclusionary practice. Practice. So what you see, I think, uh, oftentimes, I was I was thinking about this a little bit recently. Some things I was reading, uh, and uh, uh, Jason Jason Osborne had sent me some stuff from Sakel, a very interesting material. And I thought to myself, you know, the same way that we exclude people in the competitive marketplace, it parallels the way that we can exclude people if we were 
being perhaps preyed upon by them, the way we can get together. Ostracism it's a similar is, thing. Is is very powerful, yeah. and without the government around, it would be an incredibly useful tool in uh, an individual and company's repertoire. More on the way here. Hour two is coming up. More about recalls and regulations because that's what's being called for as a result of this. More regulation. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Last hour, we began telling you about the story that if you've been paying attention to the news, you've probably heard about. Uh, it's this recall of 143 million pounds of beef from a California slaughterhouse under investigation by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Now, according to the details in the story, no illnesses have been linked to the newly recalled meat, and officials said the health threat was likely very, very small. So, they're not recalling the meat because the meat is bad, despite what maybe some of the news reports, uh, the spin they might be putting on this issue may right. have you think. Because when you, hear, when you hear the term recall, you think, oh, something must be wrong. Right. Something's People must putting have been us, hurt. Right. Something is putting us in danger. We're in danger. And right. so, therefore, this product needs to be recalled. But no, the reason this recall is happening is punishment. Uh, the USDA is punishing them for breaking one of their health regulations by apparently not contacting its veterinarian as routinely as it should have been doing, according to the regulations, when cattle became non-ambulatory, meaning you, they weren't moving around anymore. What do you think those people in Somalia must think of this policy? All that beef is going to be taken back and destroyed. Thrown out, Company yeah. put out of business, and... It's incredible to think that there you know, are people starving out there. If you listen to the greenies and the, you know the, some of the radio commercials out there, you'd think that there were people starving in America. And there may very well be. I don't know. I've never met anyone who was uh, starving in America. Um, but it, it, what about them? Uh, all this beef is going to be destroyed? Incredible. And it's clearly very – it's fine beef because, well, we've people been People have been eating it. it. <laughs> Uh, it's been. It's. They're claiming that it goes back to 2006. So probably most all of it has been eaten at at this point. Unbelievable. Uh, but either way, it's still going to be very expensive to recall what else uh, might be out there into the marketplace. And uh, and the most important part here is to point out that the news reporting spins this as being, oh, look out, Americans, you're in danger from dangerous beef. Be right. a, be afraid of the beef that and you're you, buying from the supermarket. And you know, Ian and, and Mark, I think you guys probably both get this sense and maybe the audience does too when you centralize this decision decision making it makes it very easy for reporters to turn to that central authority and give that central authority even more legitimacy mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that bothers me so much about these types of stories for example when they had the shooting in uh, uh in illinois 
Uh, I heard some idiot woman from uh, Boston talking about, she's some columnist pinhead, talking about how, uh, why aren't any of the presidential candidates talking about this? Why aren't they doing something about this? In other words, she wanted to have a whole new slew of gun control laws proposed. So Even though it was a gun-free zone in the first place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So regardless of the gun issue, I thought to myself, why should they be talking about this? This is, you know, if anybody understands the concept of federalism, which in my opinion doesn't even go far enough, I, I want to have a laissez-faire system, but the Founding Fathers at least recognized that the central authority wasn't going to be the one that would handle all these problems. Mm-hmm. So you, you handle it close to the situation at hand, you keep things local, and at least you'll get a little bit more addressability from government than you would have with a larger system. And you have some checks from the large system down onto the small system so the small system doesn't infringe on people's uh, liberties. That was one of James Madison's major concerns. And you get this this focus. Why isn't George Bush saying something about this? Well, you know what? George Bush should shut his stinking mouth about this because it didn't happen in the White House and it didn't happen in Texas. Those are the only two areas, if something happens, that I want to hear about. Well, but they've been educated by the government to believe that government can solve problems and therefore... Bigger government, the federal government, must be more effective at solving right. problems than uh, state or local governments, which, of course, is reverse. Uh, it, the bigger yeah. the government becomes, the more centralized it is, the more ineffective it uh, it is. Now, here's a little bit more detail from this story. Uh, after skipping through num- a, a number of the, uh, the paragraphs here, Raymond, who's a spokesperson, I think, for... Uh, well, anyway, yeah, USDA undersecretary, he's the uh, one of the bureaucrats. He countered a claim leveled by the Humane Society president... Uh, who said that the USDA inspector was at the Westland plant for about two hours each day. He claims USDA inspectors are there at slaughterhouses continuously, said Raymond. Federal lawmakers on Thursday had called for the Government Accountability Office to investigate the safety of meat in the National School Lunch Program. Upon learning about the recall, some legislators criticized the USDA, saying the federal agency should conduct more thorough inspections to ensure tainted beef doesn't get to the public. Now, wait a minute. Where was the tainted beef? Nowhere. This story doesn't involve tainted beef. Excellent point. <laughs> but yet people are out there calling for this. They're saying, well, there's been beef recalled. We need more inspections. We don't have a problem. There's no tainted beef issue. But they're trying to make it seem like there is one. So we can expand the USDA. We can expand the bureaucracy, hire an extra handful of uh, inspectors to stand on an assembly line and look at things because i can tell you well these or, or um to, supposed to be standing on assembly line because apparently they're there continuously but that continuously only amounts to two hours a day oh absolutely continuously would mean that they were there all the time they're continuously and they were sleeping there as drinking well. coffee and eating donuts <laughs> and, ya- and yakking with each other they maybe two hours a day are looking at cows right perhaps we oh, all know man. how ineffective government health inspections are when it comes to restaurants and I recall we've had uh, we've had someone contact us in the past telling us about the government inspections of of processing plants, and it's just as laughable. I wish I could remember the details. If someone out there works in an inspection or in an in a plant where food products are made, would love to hear from you about what exactly it's like when these government inspectors are on the job. And uh, and and you mentioned uh, restaurant inspectors. Not to deviate c- completely from the central point here, but it, you know it's all part of the same theme. Uh, Massachusetts, they had an, uh, an article last year, I think it was in the Boston Herald, uh, where they revealed that there was only there were like 1.3 inspectors working for the entire state of Massachusetts. <laughs> restaurant inspectors working at any on any given day, mm-hmm. and sometimes there were zero. 
Um, you know, it's just it's such a farce to think yeah. that that is what's going to drive companies to try to make sure that they don't put out bad stuff. And it's not. Uh, it's not because again, anybody that's worked in the restaurant field can tell you that when they uh, when they come in to do their inspection, you know they. Walk around, look at a few ceiling tiles, sit down, drink a cup of coffee, BS with the manager for a few minutes, and then leave. Unless, yeah. of course, they're politically targeting the restaurant, then they oh, can then find it, all yeah, kinds yeah, of things and, to and, violate. And, and you know, it's also interesting because they mentioned in that same article that there was all sorts of uh, backroom dealing going on between the inspectors and certain restaurateurs to get certain favors, and and you know, so the either blackmail or uh, extortion or that sort of thing, or just to make sure that uh, you know they'd overlook things. It's incredible. Listen to this fear. Here, this is uh, U.S. Senator Tom Harkin, chairman of the Senate Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry. He says, "Today marks the largest beef recall in U.S. history, and it involves the National School Lunch Program and other federal food and nutrition programs. This begs the question: How much longer will we continue to test our luck with weak enforcement of federal food safety regulations?" Oh, you, you know, you listen to that article, and I don't know what it is, but I was watching something on television earlier today, and I just thought to myself, why is it that people are so intellectually lazy? You know, I mean, for for us here on this program, it doesn't take that much effort to look at an article and to pick up what you said. There isn't any tainted beef. Mm-hmm. You know, for us to talk about how all these calls for this are, are about nothing. There is no problem. And to know that the FDA is not helping us in any way whatsoever. Well, first you have to take, um, to understand what they're thinking, is you have to understand what, you know, intellectually they believe that uh, the FDA is in fact protecting us. The FDA has regulations in place that protect us. And so therefore, more regulation is more protection, more protection is better. It's it's to me. It doesn't it's really matter so why. Alien to me. It's you know, so bizarre. It doesn't it's, matter if somebody popped a birthday balloon and suddenly yeah. we can have more FDA protection because FDA protection is good. What? And that's it's based, what they believe. It's also yeah. based yeah. on the presumption, which is uh, is the. It's based on the presumption that without government around, these companies would be poisoning us. Which is also based on the idea that is, I think, pretty inculcated in young people today, based on government schools and Hollywood, of course, always making the you know the corporation guys out to be the bad guys. For instance, you know the idea that if it weren't for the FDA or the USDA, then all of us would be getting poisoned by the food that we eat because these companies are so evil and they want to kill their customers. I mean, that doesn't even stand up to the basic test of logic. Why would a company that's interested in making a profit? kill its customers. They want you to come back and buy more. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. By the way, those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you, at freetalklive.com. You can uh, lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended cleanse. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, and find out how to order. FTLdiscount.com. So we're talking about this news of the day, which is actually somewhat rare on this show. Very rare that we'll talk about the top story on yeah. Free Talk Live. Usually uh, it's an issues-based show, and that's why I want to talk about this, because there's a very important issue here that needs to be discussed. Stories like this one, the one about this 145 million pound recall of beef 
uh, that's probably going to put this uh, manufacturer out of business. Uh, this manu- not just the manufacturer. You know, you can say that uh, after having seen this video, you can say I don't like this manufacturer, and that's fine and dandy. Of course, there is no real manufacturer. There's a guy who owns a business, or some people that own a business, and then there's um, and, and maybe you want to punish them. That's fine. Uh, but there's also people that work there, a lot of people that work there, that have families, that have children. That It's unlikely know, the secretary is abusing the cows. Right, very unlikely. And it's, it's really unlikely that her little three-year-old girl is, you know? That's the one who's uh, g- going to suffer the most from this. So the reason I bring it up is because of the issue here where when these recalls happen, whether it be, you know, 145 million pounds of beef or, you know, a million or two pounds of spinach. There was a spinach scare a few yep. years ago. Mm-hmm. The way these stories are portrayed in the media by journalists who, for the most part, were educated at government schools and believe that government is wonderful and government is great, it propagates the reporting style, propagates the idea, the mentality that if it weren't for government regulations, we'd all be dead right now. Mm. It's the same sort of idiocy, yeah. it's this, almost the same mindset that says, well, if it weren't for the government military, we'd all be speaking German right now. You know, without the government, then these companies, these evil corporations would be poisoning us, and there'd be nothing we could do about it. Thank goodness we have the FDA and the USDA. In fact, not only thank goodness, but we need them to do more. We need more regulation. In fact, uh, advocacy groups have weighed in on the story, noting that the problems at West wouldn't have been revealed if it hadn't been for animal rights activists, says Gene Halloran, the director of food policy initiatives at Consumers Union, quote, on one hand, I'm glad the recall's taking place. On the other, it's somewhat disturbing, given that obviously much of this food has already been eaten. It's really closing the barn door after the cows left. Right. And now, sweetie. There was no risk from this food. Well, even the government admits that. I, maybe. Um, it's possible that people got sick and didn't know why, but it, I wouldn't think too many. And if, if you're looking at the incident of the video, like that cow um, that was you know, slaughtered in that video by the uh, forklift, yeah, that could have introduced some E. coli into, the, uh, um, into that cow, and that, that beef could have been tainted. But... It was consumed a long, long time ago, and yeah. whatever they're doing now has nothing to do with tainted beef. And it has course, to do with not fo- following rules. Exactly, and, and you, you can't disprove a negative. You have to prove, prove a positive in the court of law, and uh, they're not proving any positive other than the fact that people found it distasteful the way they were handling some of the cattle. Um, they apparently didn't find the meat distasteful, and... Uh, right. And there is no evidence that there are any problems with any of the meat. And and you know what's amazing is uh, these people who are all upset that the uh, you know USDA didn't get on top of this. They're calling for what? Not a dismantling of the USDA, but more regulation. More right. regulation. The government failed. Let's have more government. Exactly. You guys just aren't inspecting enough. We need to hire more bureaucrats and therefore increase the cost to taxpayers. That way we can all pay. Even those of us who might not eat beef uh, can pay to protect so-called those people that do. Absolutely. Uh, so it's just completely asinine. But really, the, I think the most dangerous part about this is that it it uh, continues to... It continues to promote the mentality that government will save us, that government is out there. The uh, government is the only thing stopping these companies from harming all of us, and it's just nonsense. It's the pursuit of profit uh, that's, that protects us. It's competition that protects us. Absolutely. You know, Ian, I, I, I wanted to bring this up. I had been looking for the article, and I was able to find it about the toy thing. Yeah, please. And, and that's correlated uh, very easily. Uh, today, 
Uh, CNNMoney.com reports, David Goldman writes, the head of the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission said Monday that toy makers and retailers need to step up their efforts to eliminate lead from toys. Quote, I will not tolerate this industry or any other not complying with our regulations, Mm. said uh, my Fuhrer Nancy Nord, the acting chairwoman of CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Hmm. This problem must be fixed. Nord speaking at the annual American International Toy Fair called on manufacturers to audit their factories. She also said that retailers must do more to assume that they don't sell tainted toys. Um, guess what? Anybody look at the stock, uh, the stock prices of I think it was Mattel mm. that was carrying yeah, some of Mattel, these Chinese yeah. toys. Yeah, what happened to it? It dropped like a stone through a wet paper bag, as mm-hmm. uh, as Douglas Adams might say. You know, it was ridiculous. And they say that one of the best things here is this idiot from CNNMoney.com writing. The CPSC has been working with the Toy Industry Association over the past <laughs> few months to hammer out tougher toy safety standards. Well, why would they need the Consumer Product Safety Commission to work with them? They can do it themselves. And if they don't do it themselves, people won't be buying their products. Absolutely. It's Uh, it's stupid. Not only is it stupid, but it also harms the collectible value in many cases. Some of these regulations, I can give you a real-life example uh, of these toy regulations and how they're just absolutely asinine. The Transformers. I happen, oh, to be yeah. a, happen to be a fan of Transformers. Grew up in the 80s, so that's, uh, that's what I grew up with. I'm a Star Wars man myself. And uh, Transformers Generation 1 was what came out first in the 80s, and uh, very, very popular, and it's it's in, they're experiencing a resurgence in popularity now. So, you know, everything always comes back around, right? Strawberry Shortcake, she's back. Transformers are back. Mm. Uh, and so what they did, they started doing a few years ago, was they started reissuing the original Generation 1 Transformers. They 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 found the old molds, the old mm. die cast molds, and they don't apparently don't have all of them because they haven't reissued them all, or maybe they're just keeping them quiet. Whatever it is, they started reissuing the original molds of the Transformers, and I obviously was interested in acquiring some of the ones I wasn't able to get as a as a kid, for instance. Cool. Uh, and I I began to do that, and at some point I came across an interesting fact, and that is that the Transformers that are the reissued version aren't exactly the same as the originals. They're darn close. The the Transformer itself is the same. It's a big thing and you can change it and you know do exactly what you could do 20 years ago. But the accessories that come with it have been changed by federal regulation because of federal government the same bureaucracy you're talking about here, Consumer Product Safety Commission, because of the federal government, for instance there were uh, some jets and many of the Transformers, like the Jets, have these little missile guns that they shoot. Oh, yeah. The missiles that you load in there... They're small. You could shoot it down your throat and swallow it like yeah. a castle. Originally were a certain size. They were small. Now, the missiles that come with these new reissues have like a three-inch lead on them. Like the part that you They're put bigger. in the shooter, the barrel or whatever you put in there, it's huge. It looks absolutely retarded sticking out of the gun. It's, it's not supposed to look that way. This is not the original wow. concept. But because of federal law, they have extended the length of these things. Now it's weird too because there's a landing gear that comes on the bottom and that's okay. The landing gear is very, very small piece, much smaller than any of the missiles. For some reason, that's all right, so I don't get it. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. is the place to go. Features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include the updates. Get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about the show. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com, and SACL, CAI, has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL, CAI. We are talking about recalls, and what started all this was, of course, this uh, hubbub about the the beef recall, of course, everybody's trying to get all, everyone's trying to get riled up, get scared about this because apparently it's scary when beef gets recalled. Well, actually, it turns out the beef wasn't dangerous at all, and their recall is only really to punish the company for not following regulations. But that's another issue, and we've discussed that at the beginning of this hour. What we moved into at this point was toy recalls. <laughs> And uh, toy regulations, the, what was the department, uh, Garner? Uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Yeah. And these guys regulate pretty much everything but food. Uh, and I was talking about how when I recently, the last few years, purchased some Transformer reissues, because I'm, you know, a Transformer fan, uh, was buying some of these reissues. They were reselling, recreating the original Generation 1 Transformers. I was pretty upset to discover that they weren't exactly the same, and the reason why was because of federal regulations that I don't understand what the regulation exactly is. I imagine that it, it has to do with, uh, you know, the kids choking. We've got to protect our children from choking because parents are so irresponsible. They will just leave their kids with small pieces and leave the room or something. Uh, so, so because some parents are irresponsible, we all have to suffer, and toy collectors suffer because they can't get an exact replica right. of the, the toys that they it's love to It's not even kids. watching the kids. I mean, I can't imagine that every parent could uh, keep uh, a close eye on their child. To but the you point. can choose on, which wait, wait, toys. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, you can choose whether or not to give the kid the missiles too. Yes, right. and you could, um, and they could put a in the pack. They could choose to, depending on if you let the manufacturer decide and w- let the public decide. In these cases, some parents would say, "No, you cannot have the toy that has the little tiny missiles." I would assume that's the parent that's not very inventive. Mm-hmm. Um, the, another parent would say, "Yes, you can have the toy, but I'm keeping the missiles." Um, you know, the manufacturer may may decide to make big missiles and little missiles, big soft Nerf missiles. They can go into partnership with Nerf to make sure. big giant soft missiles that the kids can't possibly swallow or jam in their ear or whatever the hell they're doing with them. Um, somehow, by the way, I managed to make it through childhood with little tiny missiles and my plastic toys. That right, I, without those regulations. Yeah. Right. We're all still alive. Right. And, and, and you know, I'm sorry for any child that did uh, choke to death on one of these things. But and, and by the way, you know what I think is really funny? I was commenting with my niece uh, to my niece about this. We were watching Naruto Saturday night on a Cartoon Network, and they had an ad for one of these new Nerf products. Mm-hmm. And those Nerf is just awesome. They're so cool, you know. Um, but the funny thing is, they keep trying to make them look tougher and tougher and tougher. It's the new Nerf Ghetto Blaster, you know? <laughs> it's like, eight-inch long steel spikes attached to Nerf, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And they show the kids jumping around and, and using the Nerf things, and I'm like... 
gee, pretty soon, Brianna, you know, pretty soon Nerf is going to be like putting out bazookas and cannons. This is the new Nerf cannon, real iron, you know. <laughs> it's just because, you know, boys want to have, generally boys want to have something that stuff is that sort of boom. tough and, and yeah. intense. Yeah, they like that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah you can uh, never teach a boy anything about guns or knives or anything like that and, you know, just give him girls' toys to play with and he's going to take that Barbie doll, grab it by the head, and use it like a sword. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's what little boys do. Yeah, it's, it's true. Weird, man. So, so what's what's confusing to me was they regulated the length of the missiles on this toy that I bought. They made it so the missile was like three inches long, whereas originally it was one inch long. And so what I did was, of course, took a pair of scissors to it and you know cut it down to size so it actually looks not retarded when nice. it's uh, set in the toy. And uh, then I, I thought, well, this is weird. Why is the landing gear, which is a half an inch long, allowed to be that long? Why would they make an exception for the landing gear? Is it that if something is below a certain size, that it's okay, but if it's between a half an inch and an inch, therefore it's outlawed and you have to make it either longer or shorter? Is that what the idea is? It's just outrageous that uh, this federal government is is micro. They really talk about micromanaging. Oh, yeah. They yeah. are telling companies you can't have missiles of a certain length. You have to make them longer. And that's just one example you know, of this miasma of different uh, toy I, regulations. If I was a toy designer, Ian, and I had, you know, if it was my concept and I wanted to put something out, and I had some other force telling me, no, you have to do it this way. Just the the effrontery that I would feel. At that, that it is would a slap just be in the so face. frustrating. You know, there's a new book. I was looking at it yesterday over in the bookstore. Uh, it's by a guy who's a, a columnist uh, for the Denver Post, I think. It's called Nanny State. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember his last name starts with an H. I wrote it down, and I, I want to try to get the guy on my program. And, it, and he talks about just the, the slew of 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 laws in all these different states of people coming up with just the most absurd things that have nothing to do with even the historically valid uh, rationale for the existence of government in the United States, and I, 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 while I recognize that the Lockean approach to, you know, negative rights is historically valid, I would go further. But uh, you know, this guy was talking about, you know, we we're sinking into this soft fascism and socialism that is all there for political correctness. It's incredible. Well, it's, it's like Mark says. I mean, if they keep going down the road that they're on, eventually we're all going to end up in padded rooms and straitjackets. <laughs> that, that's the only. It, it's the only logical conclusion. How else? will we be safe? I mean, if you're expecting right. the government to keep you safe, how else are they going to do it? You'll be fed porridge That's three right. times a day. That's right. Well, anything else might kill you, for God's sakes. Right. It is a The beef house. is tainted, everybody. <laughs> the beef is tainted. <laughs> Except it's not. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why it's not, and it's the same thing with the toys, the same thing with the food, the reason why it's not is because they want you to come back and buy more stuff into the future. The grocery stores are the ones that are really the quality checks. I mean, the, the manufacturers have their own quality standards, but it's the end retailers that really do... Uh, hold these manufacturers to the utmost high standards. Uh, I know, Garner, you said during the break that Walmart has stepped up yeah. to the plate on yeah. this uh, th- this lead paint situation. Yeah, this is this is great. They've got a couple quotes in this article from this pinhead from CNNMoney.com, uh, and he, he continues to talk about the woman who heads up this Consumer Product Safety Commission, this Ms. Nord. Quote, It's high time that Congress takes a look at this, said Nord, in, in exactly that way, too, who noted <laughs> that the CPSC statutes had not been revised since 1990 because you know toys have changed so much uh, I am confident that Congress will come together on a piece of legislation that will modernize our statutes 
Now, uh, I think she sounds more like uh, actually uh, Scarlett O'Hara than she does like oh, yes, uh, like the Wicked yes. Witch of the West. Yeah, there you go. Yes, perhaps we'll do it that way. But this <laughs> is the amazing Rhett thing. Perhaps it's time for the for the Congress yeah. to take a look at this. <laughs> Tomorrow's another day. <laughs> yeah. So this is great. They juxtapose this, and I don't think this was intentional. With her statement, I'm confident that Congress will come together on a piece of legislation that will modernize our statutes. The next paragraph down. As soon as they're done regulating baseball. Right. Then yeah, and geez, oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, then it says, the next paragraph down is, Last Friday, Walmart stores and Toys R Us announced their own new self-imposed mandatory safety checks for toy manufacturers following a wave of recalls that hurt the industry this past holiday season. So she's saying, we're waiting on Congress, and hopefully they'll come together on a piece of legislation that will modernize our statutes. In the meantime, Walmart and Toys R Us, they've already... Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Yep, they don't have to ask anybody's permission to do this. They just (laughs) go and do it, because it's what's in their best interest of their customers. Right. They perceive a demand in the marketplace, and they are supplying that demand with the control that is going to help people feel safer. And if it's done in the marketplace, then that's great. If it's done on a voluntary basis, then I'm all for it. It's just when the federal government comes in with these asinine mandates that basically tell you you don't know how to take care of yourself or you don't know how to take care of your family we're going to do it for you trust us we're the federal government and it really takes away responsibility from people just like they take away the responsibility from parents to choose the schools that their kids go to they just they they just snatch all this responsibility away from people and that makes people lazier it makes people uh, rely on the government they think to themselves well I don't have to worry about my kids now because right. government's out there t- keeping yeah. them safe and yeah. you know the, it was it was the reliance on the government that hurt people with this lead paint thing in the first place because people were relying on the government to take care of them and they and the government didn't it failed every single time just like it always does we just need higher budgets mark that will solve the problem <laughs> 800-259-9231 hire some more bureaucrats while we're at it you can bring up whatever's on your mind if you want to talk regulation that goes or anything you want this is free talk live Free Talk Live, your show, you take control of the airwaves, toll free, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. That number is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is our website, and we give away all the features there, so do enjoy those on us. Uh, by the way, if you want to support the show... Uh, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com, and for as little as 3 bucks a month, you can join the club. Uh, get access to special amp-only perks like the amp-only call-in line, chat room, and forum. Also, the amp-only Shrine of Female listeners. All of that is available to you. And the purpose is that we take that money in and we turn it around, reinvest it into the show, and thereby get on more radio stations from coast to coast and spread the message of freedom and liberty. Because uh, people in America and around the world, they need to hear this message more so now than ever before in the past. We're talking this hour about regulation. So once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com. Americans believe that it's the government that's keeping them safe when, in fact, that's not true. It's just a facade. It's symbolism. The government regula- the government regulators out there, as you said earlier, uh, Gardner, in Massachusetts, there's like one or two health inspectors to cover the entire state for all the restaurants in the entire state. That's that's not the reason why you aren't getting sick when you go and you eat something at uh, Burger King or Panera or something. Yeah. The fact is, these companies, especially the franchises, these companies, they have their own internal inspectors. 
They have their own internal division at the franchise or the corporate level that goes around unannounced in many cases and just because shows up. how else are you going to catch these things? Um, whereas the government inspectors, they come in announced all the time. Yes, they do. They let you know. Yep. They don't want to find anything. That requires work, paperwork, and yeah. things done. And, of course, uh, you know there are some things we can talk about, children's toys, or we can talk about other products like automobiles or anything else. Uh, if uh, Hypothetically, let's say something were to happen. We didn't have the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Something were to happen, some child were to choke on some sort of product or something like that. There's a curve of reaction for people. They get, they get very quickly, they react. Parents react quickly. If we have businesses out there, they set up protections against these sort of things, and parents have their own sort of uh, response curve. Now, if the government gets involved, you know, it starts off very steep, and then it sort of levels off as time goes along, and there are, there are fewer problems. When government gets involved, uh, they will shoot up the amount of money that they need to have, and then they will never reduce the amount of money if the problem has been corrected. They will just continue to, continue to take people's right. money. Now, all of that then gets involved with our own calculations as to how much would we willingly spend on our own protection for our families or ourselves when we're buying products. Because at a certain point, as, as uh, Mark said, you know, we could all be safe in, in padded rooms somewhere or driving around in, in you know, styrofoam protected cars that were 18 feet wide and had mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. in them that's, you know, like airbags and everything um, beyond that. But at a certain point, we would decide. You know what? No, I don't want to. I don't. That is too expensive for me. I will take the to risk. Take a risk. Yeah. Exactly. So we make our own calculations. What the government does doesn't allow us to make our own calculations. And and again, you know, we talked about the price mechanism before. We make our own price mechanism calculations in our own minds, and they don't allow us to do these things. And it completely messes up the marketplace. Again, it's a drag on efficiency for the entire world. And as sar- as bad as it would s- seem to say, um, you know. If a child were to die because of some product, you'd see a faster response, a more efficient response, and a more dedicated response from the businesses and the parents if the government was not involved. Right. Sure. And, you know, the, really the responsibility lies um, in informing the public with the media. That's what the media is for. It's not for the government to, to protect us. It's for the media to inform us. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that bothers me so much, Mark, about the media, uh, the popular media, is that they seem to think that if they can get some local tin pot politician on their program on their you know network affiliate news news such and such special interview with the governor call the governor call the mayor on this yeah. talk radio <laughs> show or whatever uh and those pressures are prevalent throughout all all the talk radio throughout television that sort of stuff is just absolute drivel. It is so nonsensical to yeah. say, oh, we've got a scoop. We're going to have an interview with the governor. And then give the guy just nonsense blather questions, not not put any any questions to him that could Softballing. be worth anything. You yeah. softball him because you want him to come back. I know. Why not just play Tchaikovsky, for God's sake? Yeah. Who cares? We should go to the phone calls here. Let's talk to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. I happen to work in... I've worked on several ranches here out west uh, between Montana and New Mexico, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I would never want to see, you know, a beef treated like it was on the videos, mm. you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I've heard it on my road, horse and saddle and everything, you know, and uh, up here in Montana especially, you know, we, we try to take care of the beef and not, would ever put them in do that it, 
And I think most of the people that are in the business are like that. They, uh, you know, they try to at least uh, treat them with some level of humanity. I mean, certainly you're going to have to kill them at some point, and yeah. uh, inevitably someone's going to disagree with the way you've chosen to kill that beast. Uh, but certainly no one is uh, in favor of ramming them with forklifts or doing other or other abusive things. Well, and, and another thing too, Ian and, and fellows, um, I, I don't agree with the government. Yes. Jeremy? Me neither. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's continue. Unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? Hey, this is Matt from Illinois. Matt, what's on your mind tonight? Um, you guys were talking about toys. I wanted to mention uh, an old an old favorite toy of mine when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, I'm 48 years old. So, mm-hmm. uh, Back in the 60s, there was a toy called um, uh, Creepy Crawlers. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. Okay, well... Didn't you bake them? Yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid, they came with like a, a like a 1,500-watt hot plate. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were little squares of plastic, and you heat them up, and they turned into the monsters. No, that, that was a different one. What, oh. what we did was there was goop, and you poured it into a mold. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and you put them on the hot plate, and you heated it up to about 1,000 degrees until it was, you know... And, so the metal was just about molten, and then the the plastic would uh, would harden. Right. And you uh, you grabbed them out. You couldn't touch them yet with with your hands. You had to have this this tong things to to pull them out with. Mm-hmm. And um, you know you're talking about regulations and stuff. It's it's amazing to me that I even you know made it this far. Well, that's funny because I actually, uh, that wasn't my generation, but my brother and sister had one of those, and we used to play with it down in our basement, and it was the coolest thing. It was so cool, and you could do, you remember the glow-in-the-dark ones? You could make glow-in-the-dark ones? Uh-huh, yeah, with the glow-in-the-dark goop. Yeah, 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 and you're right. They were really, really, really hot. It was like it was like the opposite of the carbon freeze thing for Han Solo. There were these black <laughs> molds. Yeah, man, and, and what about the uh, what about those other ones with the uh, easy-bake ovens? You know, you got the light bulb the light and a bulb, cardboard right. side thing, yeah. And now, now they don't have the light bulb anymore. They got something else that's supposedly cooler. Really? Uh, I don't know what they use, but they they use something that's um, in there that that somehow cooks it without getting it hot. Strange. Yeah. Well, I know. They, I remember the creepy crawlers when I was a kid. They always showed like mom putting them in the oven. So obviously they got rid of the hot plate by the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. You know, toys have changed dramatically, but. I mean, it just seemed so much funner when when I was a kid. Maybe because I was a kid. Yeah, well, that, that's the yeah. reason. And um, but I, I just, I, I, it, it is amazing how many of these uh, these toys were would be would would we wouldn't be allowed to have right now because they're sure. too dangerous. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Those you, those, you, uh, those creepy crawlers. And then when I was a kid, uh, you know, there'd be times when we'd be playing guns or or, or knights or something like yeah. that. And what we'd do is we'd pick up a stick and we'd start whacking each other. Well, that's yeah. exactly where I was going to go. Ban do you think they'll ban nature? Because we <laughs> right. used to take hatchets and go out and cut vines, and we'd swing like 25 feet up in the air on these vines, and we'd knock down all these tree limbs. One well, of my friends got knocked out because he went up so high and all the wow. tree limbs and stuff. It was wild. And, um, you know, we it was it was great, but... At a certain point, you just got to say, well, the, maybe the government rationale is, well, anything that's made by man. I mean, that's just mean to make something really, really bad like that. Ugh. 
Yeah, well. Well, I do think that there's been some advances in the area of, of swords. You know, and now instead of kids picking up ch- tree branches or sharp sticks or uh, metal poles, now now they have these uh, sort of Nerf soft sword things that they can really whack each other mm-hmm. with, yeah. which I think is great, you know, but... Um, that was a market I, the, innovation. The, yeah, though. it's a market innovation. I don't think the government said, we must have soft swords. No, yeah. that was the, the Nerf development team that said, we well, let's see, kids love to hit each other. Let's make it so it's safe for them to I think Nerf other. will conquer the world. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, Nerf, Nerf, Nerfs were around um, uh, when I was a teenager. I think yeah, they, they, they in fact, I know this is weird, but I read somewhere they started in like 1970 or something, 71 or something like that. It was, it was 1971, 72. And it was like I don't know the 25 year anniversary or 30. Yeah, it was like the it was like the 30th, 35th year anniversary of Nerf or something like that. Matt, thanks for the call tonight. Good hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour three is on the way. HD DVD is dead. Also, video poker. A man in New Hampshire. Two men actually. One of them has pleaded guilty to running video poker machines. We'll tell you what kind of punishment he's looking at. And uh, talk to you about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Parents should be responsible for their kids, and that's where it should end. We don't need government controls. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Uh, coming up here, I'm going to hope, I hope we can sneak this in. There's breaking news, or at least relatively fresh news, about the Amtrak security situation. It sounds like the TSA is going to be expanding out, as we have long predicted would happen on this program. Uh, but first, we'll uh, bring you the hot, hot news off the presses. HD DVD is dead. The How is that so? Format war has uh, resulted in a winner. At this point, this is the Blu-ray stuff. Blu-ray has uh, emerged victorious. Toshiba Corporation, according to Reuters, is planning to give up on its HD DVD format for high-definition DVDs, conceding defeat to the competing Blu-ray technology. The move will likely put to end a battle that has gone on for several years between consortiums led by Toshiba and Sony, vying to set the standard for next-generation DVD and compatible video equipment. The format war, often compared to the Betamax VHS battle in the 1980s, had confused consumers unsure of which DVD player to buy, slowing the development of what's expected to be a multi-billion dollar high-definition DVD industry. They said that uh, apparently uh, Warner Video dropping HD DVD was the last straw. Uh, Walmart also dropped HD DVD, so two major hits to the format. It's pretty much done. I mean, Mm. it is done at this point. And I bring it to you just as an update, because we talked about it before. Yeah. yeah, well, we talked about it before and how, uh, you know, the marketplace, they don't always necessarily agree on what should be best, but eventually the consumers and the other people in the marketplace, the other actors in the marketplace, will choose sides and make their decisions based on a variety of different factors. And I think arguably the best format won uh, in this particular case. Yeah. Uh, why do you think that? 
Blu-ray, it's got more storage capacity. It's uh, it's just a bigger, better disc. They're both they were both very competitive. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It uh, it's just the consumers chose Blu-ray and the uh, the companies chose Blu-ray. So congratulations, and to the winner goes the spoils, I guess. Uh, so there you go. The marketplace in action, making decisions. Toshiba uh, decided. That's cool. Without the government, we didn't need the government to come in there and pick a winner. We didn't need the government to set a standard. Don't you think the government should get involved? I mean, this could be an antitrust issue. Um, now there's only <laughs> one uh, super high definition uh, DVD format out there. Yeah, we, good we need point, to have. Mark. We need to have more than one. Very oh my thoughtful. God! Yeah. This is a monopoly on super high definition DVD formats. Maybe we can break Janet Reno out of mothballs, and she can say the same thing she said about Microsoft that uh, their practices were not only un-American, they were immoral. This, of course, coming from the woman who admitted that she was responsible for the fiery deaths of 76 people in Waco, Don't forget Texas. that really great thing with uh, Elian Gonzalez, where the uh, yeah, SWAT team guy both busts in, points, a, uh, so funny, points an crazy. MP5 right at the head of a 7-year-old, and yeah. says, I'm here to save you! You move and you're dead! Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. you know, the, he was playing with some dangerous toys, so there you go. <laughs> See? There's lead paint that, toys. That's it. They yeah. had to get in there and take care of that, man. Yeah. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. Were you an early adopter of HD DVD, feeling a little bit of remorse right now. This is tough. I mean, that's going to be tough to be on the bleeding edge of technology like that. Uh, thank goodness, though, for the early adopters, because if it, if it wasn't for the early adopters out there, none of this stuff would go anywhere. When these new technologies are introduced, whether it be uh, somebody buying a uh, high generate uh, a high-resolution DVD player or somebody flying to the moon uh, for one of these space missions that they're starting to sell commercially, very cool. Thank goodness for the people that have the money, the disposable income, the savings to be able to go out there and plunk down in uh, in many cases a thousand dollars for a brand new DVD player. I mean that when these Players oh, yeah. hit the marketplace. They were a thousand bucks several years ago. They came down and they came down because people, you know, it's the way the marketplace works. The people that have the the funds, the, the early adopters, they they put it out there. They take a little bit of risk. They buy a uh, fledgling technology. They cross their fingers and they hope that it works out. They want to be the first kid on the block with the new high def di- uh, DVD player. And some of them win, some of them lose. Yeah, you know, I mean, even even I, with my incredible finances, you know, it was a big chunk of money when I went and bought one of those things, being a multimillionaire and all. You have you one? What did you goes. choose? I got one of those early, early DVD players for, you know, Oh, DVD, back when DVD Yeah, came you know, out. when they were the huge DVD, the disc yeah. players. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, even though I'm incredibly, okay, maybe not. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you were an early adopter. Uh, no, no. I oh, you're BSing us. Yeah, total oh. BS. Yeah, sorry about that. I just wanted to play prop. You waited and you got the $30 Walmart DVD player, didn't you? Uh, 56 bucks. Hey, there, there you go. go. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, all right. I paid 100 bucks for mine. <laughs> well, I think I paid, uh, I got a, I got mine back in the late 90s, so I was a mid-level adopter, I guess you could say. I paid about yeah, mine 200, was, 250. Mine was, I think, 1999 I got mine. Yeah. All right, so that's just how it works. People, they get in, and they uh, take a little bit of risk. They see something that's exciting to them, and they go out, and they buy it, and enough people buy it, and the companies know, hey, this is a good thing. People want this. Let's make more. So they increase their production, which means that they're increasing their capacity, which means that they're decreasing their costs, and so they can pass those savings on to the consumer. And before you know it, you've got – before you know it, you're going to have $50 Blu-ray players. Right now, they're $400, uh, but it's not going to be more than another handful of years. You know, how come the consumers are always – behind on these things um you know the the holographic versus um versatile disc i mean this thing holds what holographic yeah what's apparently you're behind too it's called the holographic versatile disc it's an optical disc technology which will hold up to 3.9 terabytes of information holy man 
How much Damn. does that cost? Wow. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what Blu-ray is. <laughs> but uh, somebody gave me the information. I'm looking at it, and, and it does sound right. I mean, MP3 was sort of picked up when MP4 technology was out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the trail's that's behind. Wild. But, uh, but Did that's you get okay. that email from like uh, Doctor Who or the master? the one that says that they can grow my whatever and uh, with with, <laughs> with with one easy injection or whatever it says? <laughs> yes, I, I did. I got, I got that several times. All right, all right. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Video games, video poker, apparently illegal here in New Hampshire. Also, probably illegal where you live. Been doing a little bit of research uh, recently on civil disobedience for gambling here in the state because. These gambling laws are just absolutely asinine. It is apparently a misdemeanor to actually gamble for any amount in the state of New Hampshire. Yeah. Probably also a misdemeanor where you live. And these these bureaucrats take their laws uh, against gambling very seriously. It's also a felony in some cases to operate video poker machines or to operate a gambling business that rakes in you know over X amount of dollars in yeah they in they, money. they want to change the laws now uh, for bingo being played in churches and things like that. Right now, churches can hire private companies that will go out and do these things for them and run them for them, mm-hmm. and these companies get a certain cut of what they bring in. As and, they should. And that's their profit. The state doesn't think that's right. Uh, at least some oh. of the politicians don't, and they want to decrease the percentage that the private companies can get, and the state will get a cut. So the bank... Oh, I see. So the state's just horning in. Yeah. Like they did anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 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 the uh, th- so there's the company that runs the games. Then there's the church yep. or the charity that's yep. that's doing the uh, yeah. setting up the event. Mm-hmm. And now the state's coming and saying, okay, you can't charge more than thirty six percent or something like that. Isn't yeah, that the number. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. whereas you know they might have gotten forty or fifty percent before. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's are they going to force the companies to come in and do the work? Because if I'm running a company and I'm used to getting 50%, I might just say, you know, I'll just do all my gambling events down in Massachusetts where oh, I can yeah. get 50%. Uh, that's okay. I don't. I don't want to do this anymore. It's amazing the audacity of politicians. Do well, you know, there's there's another example. Not to get too far afield, but there was a company that closed uh, up in the the so-called North Country, and um, and they they closed just a few days before Christmas time. And the governor and the attorney general of the state of New Hampshire didn't like the fact that they didn't give enough notice. Yeah, yeah, they didn't close right. The fact that they couldn't stay. Yeah, they made. Yeah, they made uh, manufactured things for homes and things like that. Yeah, mobile homes and so on. And the demand has dropped precipitously. They can't stay in business, but they didn't close right. What so, are you supposed to do? Uh, give your employees that you know might not come back two weeks' notice, so they can not come back and work anymore if they decide they're yeah, done. I, I have no idea what the deal is, but despite the fact that the governor and the attorney general of New Hampshire have lost in a lower court because of a particular federal law, which is patently unconstitutional anyway, but they accept the, accept it as constitutional, doesn't apply to this business. They don't have enough employees. If you have sixty or more employees, you have to give a certain number of but they have weeks of notice. They have fifty exactly. So they go through this thing, and now the governor says, we're going to pursue it into higher courts. They're going to appeal and waste our tax money on it. Well, that's what they do. They've got an unlimited supply of money to spend on things like that. Because we keep giving it to them. Hmm. Maybe that should stop, too. Well, at least they can stop video poker, because, you know, that's evil. Well, we'll tell you what they did here. One man has copped a plea to running video poker machines. Guess what his punishment is? We'll uh, share that with you and take your calls about anything. Also, the security situation at the Amtrak depots.
The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are for free, including the wiki with over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Get interactive with it. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. It's free, of course, wiki.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Still to come, uh, the Amtrak update. Security state is spreading out of the airports to the train stations. Uh, But first, we go to the story out of Nashua, New Hampshire, our very own so-called free state. It's not a free state. Some people seem to believe that New Hampshire's a free state. It's not. That's the project. We're trying to free the state. Uh, There are some serious problems here, including this one. One of the two Milford men charged with running video poker gambling at... Seems like it's always the same location where these guys are getting busted for gambling. The Veterans of Foreign Wars post. That's about two and a half miles from my house. So once That's again, fine. it's a bunch of uh, old gen- older gentlemen that, who, that, you know, uh, fought for the for uh, the country. Allegedly fought for freedom. That's what they believe, at least. Who have now been charged with crimes for allowing people to play on a video poker machine. The uh, man ple- is planning to plead guilty while the other man is sent to, uh, scheduled, to s- scheduled to stand trial next month. Arthur Gagnon, this is uh, fresh news, by the way, as of last week. Arthur Gagnon, who's 56, has been scheduled to plead guilty to reduced misdemeanor gambling charges because running video poker is a felony, apparently, in New Hampshire. And uh, his case was postponed, however, because the prosecutor was in the midst of a trial. Gagnon and Douglas Bianchi, formerly of Milford were arrested last year on felony gambling charges, alleging they made illegal payoffs to encourage players to spend money on video poker machines at the VFW Post in Milford. The charges are felonies and carry a maximum of three and a half to seven years in prison. But Gagnon has struck a plea deal calling for his charges to be reduced to misdemeanors, according to court records. Get this. Here's what he's going to be uh, sentenced to. Two years of probation, 200 hours of community service, a $2,000 fine, and a 12-month suspended jail sentence as long as he stays out of trouble. So that means if he gets popped for a violation of probation, he'll be in for a year in jail for running video poker machines. Because, of course, every he was going up... See, Ian, what it doesn't tell you in that article is what he was doing was kidnapping people, tying them up, and putting their hands on the machines right. and ma- and taking their money out With of their pockets. With a gun pockets. to their head. Yeah, he was forcing them to do things against their will. And that is exactly... You know, we need the state to stop that. Video poker machines are legal in New Hampshire so long as they're used purely for amusement. So you can't actually... Once they stop being just fun. Right, well, see, one could argue, well, it's amusing to wager my money. No, no, not according to the state's definitions. Yeah, if you actually look at the amusing. their statutes on gambling, uh, anything that involves p- potential loss or gain is not amusement by the state's definition. That is that no great? longer just amusing, my friend. Yeah, so your level of amusement, personally, you could define it as being much greater if you have something at stake and you could get a payoff, but they wouldn't say that that was amusing. Right. They would say that's illegal gambling and that you should do hard time for it, apparently. Uh, the state liquor commission agents, why the state liquor commission's involved in gambling enforcement, oh, I don't know. But anyway, they Most seized... Most these things are beyond me, my, yeah. so I don't feel bad. They seized five machines in a raid at the VFW. They did a raid. I wonder what that was like for them. 
What would that be like? You know, you, uh, again, uh, being a former military uh, yeah. military veteran, maybe fought in uh, Vietnam or, or something like that, and you're just hanging out in the VFW hall, playing a little video poker, hanging around with your buddies, wearing your, you know, naval hats that they like to wear. They do like those hats. And uh, then they the cops kick in the door, yelling, screaming, with black masks on, pointing automatic weapons at you. Does that just kind of bring it all home as far as, huh, fought for freedom? I thought I fought for freedom. I guess not so much anymore. I mean, that's got to be a real shock to the system. And isn't it, isn't it amazing when you see the reports of these things? Because people seem to assume that what these guys were doing was evil. Yeah, it, 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 like know? it's okay to just kick in the door on uh, VFW Hall and because the right. bad guys are inside, we need to get the bad guys. When police kick in the door, that's what they're doing. They're going after bad guys. It's a country of laws. Yeah, so bad Appar- laws in this case. You got it. Apparently, this was a, a lot more than just word had it that there was illegal gambling going on. They actually sent in undercover agents, so there was a significant amount of uh, investigation that actually occurred prior to the raid. Who knows how much, how many taxpayer dollars were spent trying to bust these old folks from playing penny poker and be, uh, wagering a little bit of money on a video poker machine. Right, and the know, idea is that the state represents the public's interests here, and it doesn't. No, and isn't it, think about the insult, if these guys who were going in undercover were not even military vets. No. They're no. going into the VFW hall and getting mixing in with all these guys who you know put their lives on the line for what they thought was freedom, and these guys possibly might not have even been vets, so they could nail these vets who just want to just be left alone and have some fun. Apparently, undercover agents received cash payouts for their winnings on the machines. Raids on video, machi- uh, video poker machines are a regular, if not frequent, part of New Hampshire law enforcement. So, oh. this isn't unusual, apparently. That's good. It gives them something to do, and we can spend our money on all that. Three Nashua area restaurants and a video store have seen video poker raids in the past five years. How dare you put a video poker machine in here to draw extra customers in? How dare you allow people to have the opportunity to voluntarily consent to lose 25 cents at a time or whatever it is that they're spending on these games? And probably as much as they want to spend, lose. <laughs> uh, Manchester's ironic nickname, Manch Vegas, allegedly first took hold after a series of such raids more than a decade ago led to jokes about the amount of gambling in town. Isn't it nice that people can just joke about this crap? <laughs> oh, Manch yeah. Vegas, <laughs> well, that's Ian, so you, funny. You know, uh, you, you forwarded me this this piece, and uh, I wrote back, I was actually seated on a jury for my jury. Jury duty. Mm-hmm. My duty. Your conscription. The jury, yes. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and um, and before they do the jury duty pool, they uh, they actually pull you on to a jury or not. They have these giant pools, and you get the instructions from the judge, and they give you these little booklets. And so I, I looked at the booklet, and I saw nowhere in there was there anything about jury nullification, finding someone First not guilty. Shocker. Yeah, so I raised He goes, any questions? So I raised my hand. I said, yes, excuse me. I see there's nothing here about jury nullification. We can find someone not guilty if we believe the law is incorrect. Isn't goes, that a thousand-year-old right, Your Honor? Yeah, well, you know. Uh, so he says... Uh, uh, he says, oh, yes, yes, the the gentleman is correct. Uh, yes, that's true. And you and, won't be sitting on this jury, yeah, sir. Yeah, so they split us up. We go into our rooms. And I had seen a story about a Manchester guy who was arrested for video poker. And I said, boy, wouldn't it be funny if I get, well, guess what? I go in the room. Guess who's sitting at the table? The wow. Defense, that guy. Guess who got placed on the jury? Me. Guess who got pulled off the jury by the prosecution who had seen me speak to the judge? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, me. Yeah. See you later. They pulled me off. And, and you know, we don't need informed types like you in here. It's just amazing. It's all just it's a game to allow these guys to continue their profession so things move real smoothly and, you know, individual liberties crushed. You know, speaking of jury nullification, uh word is the jury nullification wookie will be attending a, a court t- a court trial tomorrow. Uh, not not attending the trial, but going to a courthouse in New Hampshire sometime tomorrow morning. Uh, we've heard from the Wookiee before, back when he was the Ron Paul Wookiee. Now he's going to be the Fully Informed Jury Association Wookiee and will be standing outside of a courthouse here in New Hampshire in the Manchester area, I believe, handing out fully informed jury information flyers with a group of activists, possibly some video cameras. So hopefully the Wookiee or one of his activist buddies will check in with us tomorrow to let us know how that went. That sounds like a lot of fun. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are for free, so enjoy those on us. Um, by the way, those features include the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go to click and download them for free at freetalklive.com. March 12th through the 15th is the 56th running of the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida. The world's fastest sports cars will battle for 12 hours on the famous Sebring Road Course. For tickets and information, call 800-626-RACE or visit SebringRaceway.com. March 12th through the 15th. You don't want to miss it. If you love racing, if you love a huge party, this is going to be the place to be. And in fact, we will be giving you uh, up to four tickets, at least two if you want them, because we just got a whole bunch to blow out the door. Uh, so that's going to be happening maybe sometime tonight. Uh, so keep listening for that opportunity. Uh, it might be coming up. So you want might want to have this uh, uh, this number handy, 800-259-9231. All right. We continue here uh, with your phone calls. Let's talk to Vince. Nope, let's not. Uh, 800-259-9231. Instead, we go to the Amtrak facilities of America. Uh. Uh, I had, of course, uh, on this show, we had predicted for a long time that we were going to see the security state expand outward from the airports of America. The, uh, The point being that... What the government, the federal government has done as far as security apparatus in the airports is what they want to see all across the country. It's what they'd like to see in the streets if they could have it. They're not quite ready to go that far. And we did give you a story last year about Indianapolis where TSA agents were stationed at certain bus stops. So they had sort of stepped out a little bit, stepped out from their airport zone. But what's going on at Amtrak stations, Gardner? There's some breaking news. Yeah, there is. Gene uh, Meserve of CNN writes, uh, Amtrak passengers will be subjected to random screening of their carry-on bags as part of a new security initiative that will include armed officers and bomb-sniffing dogs patrolling platforms and trains. <laughs> Enjoy your ride. It's Amtrak. That according to so an some, Amtrak some, spokeswoman. The TSA scans, uh, screens everyone's bag, and they don't need guns. Yeah. But here on Amtrak, they're only going to screen some bags, but everybody's going to have guns. Mm, yeah, apparently so. Uh, it says details of the new 
new effort, which were first reported by the Associated Press, will be announced Tuesday. Unlike airlines, Amtrak has had few visible changes to security since September 11th. But in recent years, it's time to trains, get serious. Yes, they've been the targets of terrorism. So there you go. And uh, it's now this be is very probably going to be the Amtrak police, not the TSA, right? Does it specify? Yeah. yeah, it says here Amtrak plans to roll out the new mobile security teams on the northeast corridor between Washington and Boston. The Transportation Security Administration, which already conducts sporadic deployments of security teams called Viper teams. Okay, so it is TSA. Uh-huh. Yeah, to train stations around the country. Welcome the Amtrak initiative. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. So every it's going to be a combination, it looks like, Vipers and other initiatives that they're not disclosing. So this is happening at every Amtrak station? Uh, they're going to introduce it in the Northwest Corridor Amtrak stations between Boston and Washington at all of them, it looks like. But you can expect it to expand and out it'll from there. Ex- it'll expand. And, and it's just wonderful. You know, we were talking about Real ID. I don't know if I mentioned it with you guys before, but... Uh, I was I was mentioning to somebody who said, well, you know, what's the problem, Gardner? You're getting on a plane, you're accepting their regulations, their rules. And I was like, look, do we have to go into the faulty paradigm of the federal government regulating things that go over the, over the state borders? Because mm-hmm. the Interstate Commerce Clause was not designed for this. But second of all, uh, you could also say that government owns the roads. So you could possibly get to a point where you say, well, if you want to leave your house, you you're better accepting. accept their rules, yeah. Gardner. I mean, right. it's just such sophistry. It's such nonsense. It's I like I like the position that uh, government doesn't own anything, well done. any more than a thief owns the bicycle he stole from you or owns the TV he purchased with the cash that he stole from you. Yeah, it's just a matter of how much force they can apply to hold on to what they've illegitimately taken. Right, they're possessing. They possess the property, right. but that's different from ownership. Well said. Uh, so, here you go, America. Are you ready for this? Now, oh, man. I was actually looking at taking uh, an Amtrak down to Washington, D.C., because coming up next month, we're going to be heading to the talk radio convention down there in, in yeah. D.C., and I almost feel like this is the last one, I, uh, at least the last one in D.C. I want to go to, just because I hate it so much. Oh, the yeah. train is the worst. Well, the uh, it's the train's bad, but the uh, the, the convention is always, it's in, it's in one of three places. Um, it, L.A., the, D.C. And New York City. And well, that's New York City's always in New York City. Right, that's a different convention. and yeah. uh, but The other the, one changes between L.A. and D.C. But L.A. and D.C., it's they have outlawed smoking in hotel rooms, period. I smoke a cigar every day. I'm addicted to those things. I'm really not interested in going to your convention if it's going to be in these places. Thanks. <laughs> well, you know, did you hear about, was it uh, Christopher Hitchens who went around New York City and broke, like, every ordinance that they have, ranging from sitting on a plastic milk crate to smoking a cigar? Really? No, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, all, uh, yeah, it's a funny thing. He did it first. I don't know if it was the New Yorker or the Atlantic or something like that. And I actually read about it in that book I was mentioning, in that book Nanny State, which mm-hmm. is just really cool. I wish I could remember the guy's last name, but I'll, I'll try to find it sometime because I would recommend it to anybody. He's clearly got, you know, real free market tendencies. Good guy. So this Transportation Security Administration, again, I was looking yeah. at uh, going on Amtrak, and I you know, just decided against it simply because it wasn't any cheaper than than driving, and you'd have to wait, and the, the rides are inconvenient. The, the hours that the trains were running were very inconvenient, and it's government. So you know, I'd, I'd never even bothered looking at prices before, so I just figured I'd see what it was all about. Mm. And now here's, here's yet another reason to stay off the Amtrak, because uh, the Transportation Security Administration is going to be there with their goon squad uh, and a uh, dog, probably a very scary dog, uh, not to mention uh, you're going to be uh, just menaced by thugs with guns when you yeah. try to ride the train. Yeah. 
And, and I, it's, I, yeah. it's going to expand from here. Look at what they're doing. It's, they've been doing it in the airports and getting away with it, shaking people down, harassing old ladies, children, women. Uh, you know, they're harassing anybody that might look suspicious to their definition. And we've all, you know, Americans as a whole have put up with it. They've, in uh, many cases, have commented positively saying, if this is what we have to do to be safe, then I'm more than willing to do it. This, right. You know, I, I would be willing to put up with it if it actually did um, what it was supposed to do and and didn't compromise freedom. It, it, I personally well, it. don't mind. Right. But unfortunately, A, the TSA does not make you freer um, it, it, by any stretch of the imagination. It doesn't make you any safer. No, and it puts the cart before the horse because you don't have a choice. These people saying, well, I'm willing to do that. I, no, it doesn't matter whether you're willing or you're not willing. You don't have a choice. It's not the marketplace. It's not like you're going into some restaurant and you can decide whether you want to walk in or walk out if you want to travel on the train you're going to have to take their that you're going to have to follow their orders that's right. the way it works they've got the monopoly so no, and at this point there are they're doing it to trains they're doing it to planes yeah pretty soon they'll be doing it to automobiles, automobiles. yeah exactly and buses they'll do buses next they, well, they've sort of stepped up with buses occasionally, but yep. they'll hit those too. Absolutely. Now, the reason why they're doing it probably on a random basis for the moment is because it's it's probably the case that they don't have the security structure available at the different Amtrak locations. There's not a you know a a checkpoint that people have to go through probably at many of these uh, trains train locations, so they don't have the infrastructure to where they could check everybody. So that way, they, uh, they, they're only going to target certain people. And, of course, they're claiming it's going to be random. And you and I both know that, uh, you know, the dreadlocked hippie that walks through there or the, uh, the Mexican or the black guy that walks through there is going to be far more randomly chosen than anyone else. Mm. Because the fact is, this is going to end up being a drug checkpoint then uh it, nobody's carrying point. bombs in their bags but they are a number of them are probably carrying a little bit of marijuana business travelers for instance uh might have a little bit of uh, marijuana that they're taking from one point to another that you know they're taking the train because they they wanted to avoid the tsa well yeah. now they can't and now uh, more so people they, are going to get popped for things like so that. so they won't just be bomb sniffing dolls they'll be bomb slash drug sniffing well they dogs. don't do that we talked about that actually recently and the okay. fact is they don't train both but, oh, it's, but it's not. There's no guarantee. No, no one has uh, stamped and certified these dogs as, in fact, bomb sm- sniffing dogs. They could very well be drug sniffing. Oh, dogs. sure. They it's won't just not likely that they would uh, have. Um, they would train them in both. And the fact is, the more bags they rifle through, the more likely they're going to find something to bring you up on charges with. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, apparently, I didn't. I don't know if traveling with weapons on Amtrak is already prohibited, but if it's likely, if it's not, it, it will be soon enough. So forget about defending yourself if you're on the train. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Does this make you feel good and safe? I want to hear from you. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. You can still take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there. We give away, so do enjoy those on us. If you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, shop at our store. Buy all kinds of great Free Talk Live merchandise from hoodies to hats, to t-shirts, and more. It's all there at store.freetalklive.com. Again, store.freetalklive.com. 
dot com. And also, still to come tonight, a uh, something for all of you who are listening live. If you're a podcast listener, you'll get your chance. Uh, but live listeners tonight are going to have a chance, possibly, mm. to win some tickets to the uh, 12 Hours of Sebring. Hell of a race. Uh, we told you about it t- uh, earlier tonight, so get ready uh, for that. Anyway, uh, 800-259-9231. Don't call now, though, because you won't win if you call now. All right, so uh, here's an interesting little story from the BBC News about the future of technology. Machines are predicted to achieve human-level artificial intelligence by 2029. Hopefully that's not politicians, because they're not going to be too well off in that case. Well, I think that uh, we need to have gotten rid of government by this time, because if machines are that intelligent and in the hands of people in search of power, that could be a really scary situation. Uh, But humanity is on the brink of advances that will see tiny robots implanted in people's brains to make them more intelligent, says uh, Ray Kurzweil. I believe he is a futurist. I'm not positive on exactly what you call this guy. I, for one, welcome our robot masters. He is uh, the engineer that believes machines and humans will eventually merge through devices implanted in the body to boost intelligence and health. He says it's really part of our civilization, Kurtzweil explained, but that's not going to be an alien, invasion, an alien invasion of intelligent machines to displace us. Machines were already doing hundreds of things humans used to do. At human levels of intelligence are better in many different areas, he said. He says, I've made the case that we'll have both the hardware and the software to achieve human-level artificial intelligence with the broad suppleness of human intelligence, including our emotional intelligence, by 2029, he said. Emotional intelligence. We're already a human-machine civilization. We use our technology to expand our physical and mental horizons, and this will be a further extension of that. Humans and machines would eventually merge by means of devices embedded in people's bodies to keep them healthy and improve their intelligence, predicted Mr. Kurzweil. He told the BBC News we'll have intelligent nanobots go into our brains through the capillaries and interact directly with our biological neurons. The nanobots, he said, would make us smarter, they would help us remember things better, and automatically go into full emergent virtual reality environments through the nervous system. That's like the Matrix, everybody. That's These little bots will go in there and you can jack in and uh, talk about reality uh, just just a blurring the lines between reality and fantasy. So that's, that's when wild. you can that's that's when I can expect the uh the the Heidi Klum um virtual sex interaction thing. 2029, my Excellent. friend. Mr. Kurzweil is one of 18 influential thinkers chosen to identify the great technological <laughs> challenges facing humanity in the 21st century uh, by the U.S. Academy of Engineering. The experts include uh, Google founder Larry Page and genome pioneer Dr. Craig Venter. The 14 challenges were announced at the annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science in Boston. In fact, I had actually heard that uh, this guy has predicted that by 2099 it will be fully integrated. Uh, that it will be fully integrated. Fully <laughs> integrated robot bodies. Like, you won't need to eat, go to the bathroom, we'll be Cybermen, sleep. Man. What, do, what do they do with the, the bathroom stuff? What It'll do they be do old the tech, waste? man. They'll be in a museum. Sounds like Mark's going to miss that. We'll be, all, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be walking around in a museum someday saying, <laughs> remember when we used to sit on that throne? <laughs> What's that thing? Yeah. Oh, it's a gorlet. Well, not if the uh, government's in any way involved, because they'll you know, just mess up this, uh, this technology. Like oh, yeah. They do all of them. That's well, one of the things that worries me. Well, right. Either the government will prevent this technology from even occurring. Uh, uh, certainly on the consumer level, they'll say, whoa, we can't have this. This is against Jesus. Uh, and they'll you know, prevent it from happening, just like they're trying to stop cloning. Uh, in the stem cell research, 
Or what they'll do is they'll implement it in a evil fashion and try to create a super soldier or something like that. You know, some sort of evil government program uh, that will result in us all having these super robot man machines in the streets controlling us all. You know, if they were looking for a reason, if they were looking for uh, for a way to find the uh, the staff necessary to go and bring the TSA into the streets, maybe we'll have robot TSA agents yeah. uh, if this government keeps up. So really, uh, getting rid of the government is, I think, a critical component to making sure this happens sooner rather than later. I mean, technology is going in that direction. I think whether the government likes it or not, it's probably going to happen. But ha- having gotten rid of the government will clear the path will allow for this technological development to happen completely unhindered. They won't have to go to the FCC and ask for approval for their electronic devices, because, you know, any electronic device you buy, if you look at the back or underneath the battery, it always says FCC approved. You know, there won't be any bureaucracy to jump through, any hoops to jump through in order to bring this technology to market, and that means it'll be here sooner rather than later, which means we all could possibly live thousands of years, if not forever. Well, if yeah. you can put nanobots cool. in, into people's bloodstream, you can, um, they can certainly counteract whatever uh, free radicals are doing in, in your body. Whatever anything's doing. You know, some little nasty disease starts up, little nanobots just go, and they fix it. I don't know if that's the noise they'll make, but who knows? That's the, that's the noise they make on Red Dwarf. So. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe oh, that's where I got oh, it. Crichton actually makes the noise. Yeah, that would be cool. I remember when I was at Outer Limits, we did a story about people hooking into like this giant net, you know, like the internet sort of thing. And uh, and uh, it was it was a fun fun idea and uh, you know I love the idea of nanites being. I've in heard there of this internet and I think it's going to catch on. All right, Hank Ash is a pretty neat idea. You know when you think about this when you think you know put your mind to uh, trying to conceptualize what exactly this means for humanity it's it's pretty amazing uh, it's pretty mind blowing to think about in that if you can fully integrate with machines if you can get away from these. Human tethers, if you will, for lack of a better term. You know, we have to eat every so many hours. We have to go to the bathroom. We have to sleep. If you I like get, all those things. Well, I like to eat, too, and I'll be sad to not be able to eat anymore. But it could be like the Matrix, right, where you can jack into the uh, the little Internet world, and the nanobots will uh, multi- they'll, uh, they'll manipulate you your nerves. good things. Oh, yeah. Well, right. They'll, they, you can pretend like you're eating a steak, for instance, and, and you'll salivate and everything will be right about the steak. You can never have bad food anymore. So you could probably still simulate eating, but you won't actually be putting anything into your body. I mean, if you think about most people's lives, um, it, it really is about eating and, or drinking mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, some form of uh, pretty visceral activity. Right. Uh, that's that's what they like to do. That's what they're about. They, so we're that's talking what they about talk about they. Yeah, we're talking about transcending that. Yeah. we're talking about going into as I think one of the words he uses is the ethereal. I mean, we're getting. I can't into, imagine most people transcending that. They don't have what it takes. Hmm. Well, maybe by the time this technology comes about, I mean, we'll be a little bit more sophisticated. To, have you gone gone outside <laughs> and talked to any of these people? So <laughs> maybe the design of the nanites would be such that it would allow people to eat constantly without any repercussions. You could design them that way. To oh. give people all those basic pleasures and and have no you know no uh, unintended consequences or anything. Maybe so. I, but it's just kind of interesting thinking about the ramifications as far as what you're saying, Mark, about the people that are luddites and aren't going to be that interested in this. Well, that's fine. They'll die, and the uh, the you know the young generation that's coming up today that's really going to see most of this development. Mm-hmm. They're going to be excited by it. These are the kids with the you know the cell phones and the text messaging and the internet uh, subscriptions and they're really into technology. So I think as that continues on and these te- these techs, uh, technologies continue to develop, more and more young people will become more interested. And, you know, if you've got some 80-year-old guy that says, well, internet, internet, 
I'm just going to sit down and enjoy my television here. Okay, fine, old gran- you know, grandpa. Well, he could enjoy uh, some you know, some form of entertainment that uh, would come through these nanobots. Instead. He could, but you know, it'd be hard to convince those people, and they'll I love it. They'll be extinct. So, just thinking about what that means for humanity and what it means for what we consider important, as you're saying, it's important to us to eat, it's important to us to sleep, it's important to us to have sex. All of these things would be different in the world of the nanobots or in this futuristic world where we have robot bodies, where none of that is uh, is a priority anymore. And what will the marketplace be like at that time? What will production be like? What will the consumer uh, world be like? I don't know. Um, if, if you're not out there producing uh, consumables, I don't know. You'd be producing nanites. It's interesting to think about. Do, would there be any reason to have a physical presence anymore? I mean, if you, can, if you could jack into the Internet a la The Matrix, why would – I mean, if you could – you wouldn't be tethered by travel anymore. You wouldn't be tethered by uh, getting from point A to point B. It would be instantaneous. All the different things that could be done, we can't even fathom right you now. Could, you could potentially have nanites that allow you to jack into somebody else's perceptions and, like, and, and, and go parallel to their perceptions at like the strange same days. time. Yeah, and you'd yeah. be walking around the British Museum, and they'd be showing you everything, and like, right. and you could rent out. Of course, that would be considered prostitution. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> government wouldn't allow that. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's fascinating to even just think about what our experience as a human being, which we wouldn't really be human beings anymore. We'd like morph beings, uh, nano beings. Anyway, uh, we're going to give away some tickets. Uh, thanks for the reminder there. Uh, if you want to go to the 12 Hours of Sebring, be the first caller and uh, mention that you want to get these tickets. 800-259-9231. Up to four tickets will be yours. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime. Freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 